0: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Internet Essentials from Comcast, connecting more than 6 million low-income people to low-cost, high-speed internet at home. So students are ready for homework, class, graduation, and more. Now they're ready for anything.
1: Happy Friday, everyone. It's All Songs Considered from NPR Music. I'm Robin Hilton, and we're doing a quick run through some of the best albums out on April 27th. And we start this week's new music friday off with the band speedy ortiz and their album twerp verse and joining us to talk about it is npr music's marissa larusso welcome back thank you this is a record the more i listened to it the more i thought you know this is kind of incredible
2: yeah i felt the same way the first time i listened through it it kind of knocked me out there's always so much to dig into with sadie Dupuis' lyrics she's you know has a master's in poetry so you know she really knows her stuff and they said they tried to write this album to be a little bit more transparently political, and I feel like you can definitely hear that, but there's just so much to dig into and unravel in the things that she's saying. The
3: Out on the avenue, there's an who says she knows you
1: The record is Torp Verse from Speedy Ortiz, a great listen from from start to finish. And Marissa, we've got a couple more records that we're going to talk about a little bit later on the show. But first, we're all going to take a nice deep breath and listen to the music of Grouper. Her album out now is called Grid of Points. Harris is the singer and she uh, writes and records as Grouper. Her new record is Grid of Points and here to talk about it is NPR Music's Lars
0: Gottrich. Welcome back. Hey Robin. And I know you're a big Grouper fan. I am too. Sometimes I make up genre categories in my iTunes and there is a genre category called Fog. There are only two artists who fall into this distinct genre of mine and they are Mount Erie and Grouper. What a perfect genre name, Fog. <laughs> well, tell us about Liz Harris for people who don't know her. Liz Harris has been, uh, I guess she's been releasing music since about 2005. And the way I, I best can describe it is that there is a purpose to her listlessness. All these songs are just her voice and a maybe slightly out of tune piano. And you don't really know what she's saying. And I don't think that's the point. And you can listen to it and her voice can make you cry. But her music is beyond that. It wants to transform you to another space. And that's kind of the purpose of her songs. It's the kind of record you want to give yourself some space
1: to listen to. Uh, it can be a really nice, deep, late-night listening from Grouper, the record Grid of Points. Thanks, Lars. Thanks, Robin. And from that, we go now to Willie Nelson and his record Last Man Standing.
4: When you lose the one you love you think your world has ended. You think your world will be a waste of life without the it. You feel there's no way to go on. Life is just a sad, sad song. But love is bigger than us all. The end is not the end at all. It's not something you get over But it's something you get through It's not ours to be taken It's just a thing we get to do goes on and on, and when it's gone, it lives in someone new. It's not something you get over, but it's something you get through.
1: Willie Nelson and his record, Last Man Standing, and back to talk with us about this one is Felix Contreras of NPR Music.
0: I'm glad you're back, man. man. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. This album is a reference to the long list of his running pals who have passed. Waylon Jennings, Ray Charles, and most recently Merle Haggard, guys like that. You know, he's 84 years old. He has well over 60 albums out, 56 years on the road. I've got to wonder at this point if there's any
1: gas left in the tank.
0: You know, with guys like Willie Nelson, yes, absolutely. When I was listening to music in, in the early 70s, right? So there were musicians from the 60s and then moved on into the 70s. And then when we get to the 80s, late 80s, was start, I started watching how they were going to redefine themselves and still maintain a vibrancy musically, right?
3: Mm.
0: Paul Simon did Graceland, and that just completely gave him another, another shot, right? Gave him a second part of his career. And then so did uh, Peter Gabriel did so. And I'm you know, I'm Genesis fan going way back, and then Peter Gabriel. So then that pushed them both. So it was always fascinating to me. It's like, how are these guys going to face midlife? And how are they gonna maintain, again, some sort of artistic identity, but not rely on their past? And I think the truly great ones do. And now we're looking at artists, you know, he's 84 years old, how are they facing the inevitable? And with certain artists like Willie Nelson, this record is an amazing look at how he faces that. And I love the fact that Willie Nelson and his co-writer, Buddy Cannon, created a work that we can all use, if we're lucky enough, to be the last of our own crew standing. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. Well, it is a, a beautiful record from Willie Nelson, one I was really impressed with, Last Man Standing. Thanks, Felix. Yeah, man. And from Willie Nelson, we're going to go to something completely different, the artist Post Malone and his record Beer Bongs and Bentleys. I've been, I've
3: been, I've been popping, popping, man, I feel just like a rock star. All my brothers got that guess and they always be smoking like a rock star. When we call up on no, and show up, man, them that shot toss. When my homies pull up on your block, they make that thing go ta ta. Hey, hey. Switch my whip, came back in black. I'm starting saying rest in peace to blind hey, Close that door, we blowing smoke. She asked me light a fire like I'm awesome hey. Act a fool on stage, probably leave my show in a cop. legendary through a TV I out the window of the montage Poppin', poppin', man, I feel just like a
1: rock star. Post Malone is the artist, and the record is Beer Bongs and, and Bentleys. And joining us to talk about it is NPR Music's Rodney Carmichael. Welcome back. Hey, what up, Robin? First, why don't you tell us who Post Malone is, and then we can get a little more into the music and why he's what you might call a complicated guy.
5: Post Malone is like this odd hybrid of a rapper, country crooner, slash rock star. You know, Bob Dylan is a huge influence. He's originally from Texas. And he's really used hip hop to kind of skyrocket himself to the top of the charts.
1: And the song we're hearing is called Rockstar. It was a big hit for him. But it was kind of controversial how it became a big hit. What, what exactly happened?
5: Yeah, so it's, it's basically the story of how the industry has figured out how to game the system, right? So last year, Rockstar gets released. And his label uploads to YouTube a looping track of the song's hook, but it still counted toward total listens, even though it was just the hook being played over and over again.
1: So it appeared to be the full song. People would hit play and they exactly. weren't really even getting it.
5: And then at the bottom, they had links to all of the streaming platforms. If you wanted to hear the full song, obviously you would click that. And then, you know, obviously they get another another spin off of you. So all of this kind of added up and took off and the next thing you know you know he shot past cardi b's bodak yellow with barely any radio play and the song really kind of exposed how much like digital streaming and youtube videos have really like disrupted the way sales numbers are calculated
1: so post malone also caught some flack though for uh, i guess both attacking
5: rap and reaping its many rewards? He had an interview last year where he said, and I'm a quote because it's such an interesting quote If you're looking for lyrics, if you're looking to cry, if you're looking to think about life, don't listen to hip-hop I mean if you listen to going back to top 40 hip hop, you know, he has a point. You just it's, it's not that kind of music, right? Well, that's true. And he later came back and he sort of kind of sort of apologized or at least tried to give some context to what he was saying and his thing was like, "Hey, I listen to Bob Dylan for that kind of stuff if I want to cry. He still loves hip hop. His last album was hip hop and this and that, but he has definitely done a lot to distance himself from the genre in other ways." I don't know if appropriation is the right label, but I think there is a lack of appreciation, a lack of cultural appreciation for the genre and the culture that really has enabled him to catapult to the top.
1: Well, real quickly, the music on this record doesn't warrant the hype around it?
5: Well, here's the thing. Whether or not you like Post Malone as an artist, the music is undeniable. I mean, he's a force and... Even Rockstar going to number one wasn't totally a fluke. I mean, it is a good song. And I think anybody who's able to take all of these kind of disparate sounds and graft them into this one thing that kind of is fueled on this popular hip hop sound. You know, but still has a certain amount of lyricism and a certain amount of melody and, and and singing and guitar playing all at the same time. He has a talent that you can't deny, and I think we're gonna be talking about this album for the rest of the year, whether we like it or not.
1: The record from Post Malone is Beer Bongs and Bentley's. And Rodney we're gonna talk a little bit later on in the show about another record. But first let's take a short break and
0: we'll be right back. Support for this NPR podcast and the following message come from the NPR Wine Club. Did you know that NPR Wine Club has an all-grapes-considered wine? If you're 21 or older, uncork a special offer at nprwineclub.org music. It's New Music Friday from All Songs Considered. I'm Robin
1: Hilton. We're doing a quick run through some of the best albums out on April 27th. And we start the second half of the program off with Tom Rush in his record called Voices.
4: is hanging there on the vine moon is hanging up in the sky My baby loves me Oh, life is fine Hound dog lying here at my feet Little one is sound asleep My baby loves me Oh, life is sweet don't care when the sun don't shine. She says that doesn't matter. She says she'll love me when I'm old and fat and getting fatter.
1: The artist is Tom Rush. His new record is called Voices, and the song we're listening to is Life is Fine. And joining us to talk about it is NPR Music's Ann Powers in Nashville. Hey, Ann. Hey, Robin. This song, Life is Fine, is something about it reminds me of Midnight Special.
6: That's definitely in there. I mean, Tom Rush is a walking encyclopedia of American song. Uh, He was a huge part of the folk revival moving into the singer-songwriter era in the 1960s and 70s, was known as an interpreter who discovered many really crucial artists. Joni Mitchell, James Taylor, Jackson Brown, he covered many of those artists. Uh, He's rarely written his own material. In fact, there's really one song that stands out from his previous catalog, It's called No Regrets and it's a classic. But for this album, he wrote almost everything. At 77, he's found his own muse and it's it's really beautiful. I mean, the album is just a joyful, warm expression of life. It just really feels lived in and it feels like something you can live with. And his voice, still beautiful.
1: Uh, he's a veteran artist, but how did you find this
4: record?
6: I mean, I wasn't expecting any release from Tom Rush. It's it's certainly not part of the hype cycle <laughs> in the pop world. Um, it arrived in the mail one day, and looking into it, I found that he'd funded it partly through Pledge Music. It was funded by his fans, and I think a lot of older artists, this is, this is emblematic of how their careers thrive. They have these devoted audiences that are multi-generational, and each album is a gift to that audience, and this wonderful album, Voices, has, has a feeling of a gift.
1: Tom Rush is the artist. His album is Voices. Thanks, Anne. Thank you, Robin. And from Tom Rush, we go to Janelle Monet and her record, Dirty Computer.
4: So here we are in the car, leaving traces of us down a boulevard. I want to fall through the stars, getting lost in the dark is my favorite part. Let's count the ways we could make
3: this less forever. Money, money, keep it funky, touch it,
4: top it, let it down.
1: Janelle Monet, her record is Dirty Computer. And for this one, we go back to uh, NPR Music's
5: Rodney Carmichael and Marissa LaRusso. Robin, I've been a fan for, you know, a decade or more. She's from Atlanta, so I really got to see her come from just a really indie artist to, to where she is now. And, you know, she had the alter ego early on, Cindy Mayweather, that she would really use to symbolically, metaphorically explore a lot of stuff around identity. But... I don't think she's ever done it this full on in terms of a lot of the issues she's exploring around femininity and bisexuality and queer identity and and blackness.
2: Yeah, and she actually released an interactive website before the album came out where you could read about the inspiration behind every single song on the record, and it's fascinating. She says she's inspired by everything from the book of Genesis to quotes from Gloria Steinem to the election. It's just a huge range of different factors that are influencing the way that she's talking about identity and social issues and the political situation in a way that she never really has before so directly.
5: It's kind of cool in a way where it it almost feels like she's less about trying to make this so much about herself or her personal experience.
2: Yeah, I think it's almost like she doesn't want us to necessarily be talking about the details of her personal life, but she wants us to know where she stands and how she feels and what's important to her.
1: Does this feel like the one, this third full length from her, the one that's going to maybe take her to the next level?
5: I hope so. I'm an all out fan and I would love to see her go to that next level. You know, you hear the really strong Prince influence, Absolutely. especially yeah, especially in the song Make Me Feel. She's talked a lot about how influential I mean he was basically helping her with the album before he passed. So, you know, obviously they were really close. I, I think it's dope, and I'm, I'm anxious to see how, how the album does and how this emotion picture does, you know.
1: The record is Dirty Computer from Janelle Monae. Thanks, Rodney. All
5: right, thanks, Robin. Take care.
1: And Marissa, just hang with us a little bit longer. We're going to talk about one more album before we go, and it comes from the band half The record is called Lavender. The record is Lavender from Half-Wave and Marissa. Listening to it now, I'm just kind of for the first time thinking she sounds an awful lot like Kate Bush on this this record. I hear it in her voice and, and some of the melodies too.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I read an interview where she said that she hasn't had a total Kate Bush phase yet and she thinks oh my gosh, this is Nandi Rose Plunkett who's the songwriter for Half-Wave. She said like if I have a Kate Bush phase now, oh my god, people are really going to hear that influence. Right,
1: right. Well tell us about Half-Wave and why this is one of the week's standout records.
2: half is the project of Nandi Rose Plunkett who's um, a singer and songwriter and multi-instrumentalist and a lot of this record is about the feeling of being away from home or maybe losing touch with the idea that home is even one geographic place especially in this current political moment, making connections with people, having disconnections with people, and having connections and disconnections within yourself. I think Nandi Rose Plunkett just seems like the kind of person who you wanna call in the middle of a breakup because she's gonna tell you that the heartbreak is worth it and you will come out the other side a stronger person. I feel like that's very much the message on this record. She also studied music in school, and you can really hear in the music how how intricately things are layered and her sense of harmony. Vocal harmony is really interesting and complex. She kind of has melodies that take you to places you wouldn't totally expect and then resolve in this really beautiful way. It's a really stunning lesson from start to finish, I think.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I do love uh, the honesty in this record and, and how you know you know that she'd be the person you call because she's going to give you the hard truth straight exactly. up. Exactly. It's like, I, I love how she ultimately comes to terms with the kind of pain that everybody feels and, and comes to recognize that it's almost this necessity in life, right, that understanding that it teaches us something that, you know, helps us find a wisdom that we may never otherwise reach.
2: I think wisdom is a pretty good thesis for a lot of what Nandi is coming to in these songs.
1: Halfway and the new record, Lavender. Thanks so much, Marissa, for joining us again. I hope we don't have to wait too long to have you back.
2: Thanks, Robin.
1: A reminder that if you want to see a list of the albums we just ran through, just check out the podcast description for this episode. You can also go to npr.org allsongs all songs. You can hear full versions of the songs we featured from these records and a whole lot of other great releases in the New Music Friday playlist from NPR Music. Just go to npr.org slash Spotify, or you can open the Spotify app and search for NPR Music. And for NPR Music and All Songs Considered, I'm Robin Hilton. Be well, have a great weekend, and listen to a lot of great music.
0: If you liked this podcast, discover the rest of the NPR portfolio at npr.org podcasts and learn more about eight of the country's top 20 podcasts according to PodTrack's podcast metrics. That's npr.org podcasts.